Joe Soy Antonio, I live on the second floor, ladies and gentlemen, making it happen with you on an incredible Sean Sinclair Wednesday. I mean, what else could it be? It's absolutely outstanding to be alive and well with you. And I am pumped if you are pumped. And Dr. Sean Sinclair, are you pumped today? Tony, I am mucho pumped. I mean, this is so fun, so exciting. We're gonna have fun. We're gonna ha- we're gonna. It's gonna be exciting. Um, this is fun stuff. Today on the program, top of the mark, Blake Topmeyer gonna join, and then we'll get into some phone calls and some conversation with you. So. We are excited. I'm excited if you are. Um, one one note, though, one snooze note and snug it. Tennessee got a baseball commitment from left-hand transfer Chris Stamos, who uh, hails out of Cali and doesn't have the greatest numbers in the world. I was talking to uh, Tony Valls about him. And Tony Valls said, I really, really like this kid's makeup. He said he's an under-the-radar guy, he described to me. And Frank thinks he can do great things with him. So we'll see what happens. I've learned to trust those guys, Sean Sinclair, kind of like Heupel. When they tell me something about a player, I, I, I just, I trust it. I'll take a look. He um, he found Andrew Lindsay uh, semi-retired in a uh, rec league and turned him into a Friday starter and then a uh, uh, legit draft pick. I think he's with the, the Marlins right now. He took um, uh, Halverson, uh, Friday starter there, but just wretched mechanics and a thrower. And by the end of me, obviously injury riddled a uh, couple of years here, but it's turned him in, has cleaned up his mechanics completely. And now he's an effortless 9,900 mile an hour guy. And I think the best pitching is ahead of him in the pros. So yeah, uh, it took, uh, I found a guy in Aaron Coombs last year, Combs, and, uh, saw him as a, a, a guy that could show a different look with a sidearm and Combs was very instrumental in getting us to and through the postseason uh, as a guy that came in and, and just did his job. So, yeah, uh, if, if those guys vouch for a kid, uh, I have, I don't even care what he, I don't care if he has no arms. I think he can probably pitch. Yeah. And one of the, one of the quotes he gave, uh, Ben McKee over at 247 was, one of the things they said they liked about me is that I was older. I'm a college graduate, and they wanted somebody a little more mature. Tony said he's going to be a really good locker room guy, he told me. He said, and, uh, you know, we were talking about that deal with the pitcher from uh, Alabama. He said, if he if that guy zags, we're going to zig with this dude. So that's exactly what ended up happening. So in the meantime, off that. Sean, what is your excitement level now that Josh Hyper 
and Tennessee had their media day, and now we're getting ready to get it on, bang a gong, get it on. Uh, 10 being the highest, what's your excitement level right now? Uh, through the roof. Uh, back in the day when we were in school, uh, when I was with the program, uh, you know, the media day was the day you, you have to do, and then it's on. I mean, it's absolutely on. And uh, you wake up tomorrow, and it's going to be Christmas. So uh, it's just the way it goes. The days get shorter, not in actual time, but it just seems like it. Weeks get faster. Monday through Friday's a blur. And next thing you know, you've, you've already clicked off six games of the season. So everybody uh, just buckle up because I think this is good. I can't speak to record. I can't speak to individual performances. But with this NCAA behind us, with recruiting going very well, and with a, in my opinion, a favorable schedule, albeit not an attractive home schedule, I think this is going to be, as you say, an exciting uh, year for Tennessee sports altogether. And really fun. You know, fun, exciting, uh, not a lot of pain. I just love the way we play football. Um, And we went from being borderline unwatchable to really, really fun and and now purposeful. Uh, Hearing Josh Heupel talk about their plans for the several uh, newcomers in the secondary, and we were talking about, and we'll get into this later on, but things that we want to see out of this football camp, I want to hear that kids are emerging uh, out of the camp. I'm uh, in that secondary, and, and I'm not afraid to say that out loud. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I want to hear that there are options and that we're going to see guys early. And, and Sean, I expect we will, because I think they're going to get more athletic in their back four. They have to. I agree. I, I would say that, first of all, the players that have been there, um, they were recruited here. I assume they are playing the best and the hardest they can, so I celebrate that. Uh, I do not believe there has been great DB coaching here in years, even though we've had self-described DB, DB whispers uh, i didn't see it on the field and uh <clears throat> i agree with you i think there have been people that knew they were gonna be on the field no matter what i don't say they take advantage of that but it is what it is uh the dbs get better when you get better pass rush the dbs get better when your linebackers are able to uh, uh control their zones and uh, uh stick people before they get into the secondary so it all plays together but one thing I want to talk about, Josh Heupel, that I'm excited. He's obviously a, a, a brilliant offensive guy. But I like the fact that he is not – first of all, I congratulate him because he's obviously losing some weight. That should not mean much, but um, I want my coach to be around for a while, and uh, I, I want to celebrate that for him. Um, the thing I like about Josh Heupel is that he was always – he appears to always be looking at new ideas mm-hmm. and incorporate what's best practices. Take, for example – you know, not many people, your, your guy, John Chaney, practiced in the morning. That was unheard of back in the day for basketball. Josh Heifel plays in the, uh, practices in the morning. Why is that important? Well, it is. You get kids up, you get the practice underway, you get, uh, it's usually cooler so people can focus. They're not worried about it. Sure, you may run into a swamp where the heat gets you, but if you're properly trained, you'll be okay. 
you've been running all summer, but also where it, it, it's culture too, because now the kids, once they're done, they're awake, they're going to go to class, they're going to get their workouts, but also, and you see this not in a lot of attrition here, family, uh, kids and, and, and coaches get to spend time with their families because they've already knocked out the early stuff. That's important. Uh, those, those type of things lead to continuity. They lead to culture. Ultimately, they lead to wins. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. Good news to the innovative Josh Heupel, uh, who is just literally blowing my mind. We're going to come back. Blake Topmeyer is going to join us. I want to get into Blake's ranking of the SEC coaches. How you cannot have Nick Saban number one is just, I don't know, it's offensive to me, even though I don't like Saban at all. I think he's deleterious and wretched and borderline evil, but he never smiles. But we'll get into that. Um, And then also this, he has some interesting things to say about what the Southeastern Conference should do because I told you the guy in the Big 12 is not playing. I told you that a month ago. The guy in the Big 12, they're going to they're going to grab some teams out of the West and grab some teams out of the ACC. And the ACC looks like it's getting ready to split apart. But don't I was on with George Plaster, so we were both wondering out loud, what happened to this grant of rights thing? What there's so much money in it now that it looks like Clemson's willing to pay like north of a hundred million dollars to walk away. And these programs can't give these kids insurance all these years. I mean, are you you gotta be kidding me, right? I mean, I'm just like, what? What in the world? And Plaster said, you know, we we sound like a couple of uh, of uh, what was the term he kept using yesterday? Um, that's a great term for it. But a couple of old geezers watching this stuff, and the truth is, it doesn't matter what age you are. This is nuts. Nobody's ever seen anything like this. That that whole West Coast football thing is getting ready to just fall apart like it wasn't even there. I don't know. Top Meyer will join us. We'll do that. We continue. It is your Tony Basilio show on a Wednesday with you for the full two hours. I can promise you that after this. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Parks Motor Sales was founded by my granddad, Bobby Parks, and my great-granddad, Julian Mays, in 1958. We've been family-owned the whole time, and being family-owned, locally-owned, means you get to get your next vehicle or your existing vehicle serviced by the same people who stand in the grocery line with you, drop their kids off at the same school you do, and smile and are happy to see you when they do. So come see us at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee on 919 Nashville Highway or ParksMotorSales.com. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. Like the stair that only creaks when everyone else in the house is asleep. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning. Built to a higher standard. 
Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job to defenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. McEwen Group, land is your legacy. Farmer Johnny here, Taylor Family Farm. I'm going to give you all a little look-see. We raise 100% non-GMO, grass-fed beef, pasture chicken, and pork on our family farm. Everything that we grow is raised with love and care to ensure the highest quality and nutrition for our family and customers. You can shop online at taylorfamilyfarmtn.com or visit our farm store in person at Etheridge, Tennessee at 301 Dave Reisner Road. That's taylorfamilyfarmtn.com for more information. This is Delk Kennedy, owner of Kennedy Broadcasting Company, operator of WKRM, historically 1340 AM, now 103.7 FM, and WKOM, 101.7 FM. 
We call ourselves Front Porch Radio, and I've said many times what that means. It means that we are working to connect this southern Middle Tennessee community, one listener, one relationship at a time. And let me elaborate on what that means. In this community, we will relentlessly promote jobs, commerce, business, industry, education, arts, green space, music, rivers, the great outdoors, healthcare, churches, charities, sports, and all the great people of Southern Middle Tennessee. Join us, help us, call us. Front Porch Radio, Delk Kennedy, thank you for listening. Kings featuring Tonino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM, Columbia. You bow your head and you say his name. He's top of the mark. He's not top ten. He's top. He's top of the pops. Ladies and gentlemen, you bow your head and you say his name. The great, the great Blake Topmeyer returns to the show of record. He breaks it down scientifically with myself. Sean Sinclair on this Wednesday. Top of the mark, Topmeyer. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. Uh, thanks for that introduction. That's, that's an all-timer there. Uh, it's well-earned by you, I would say. You're it's doing great matter, work, my friend. Matter of debate, you're, probably. You're, you're doing great work. Uh, it's an exciting time of the year. Here we are again with, uh, before we talk about your, your, your coaches' rankings, which were kind of unfortunate, um, let's get into this uh, musical chairs and your different contacts around college football. I thought, did, doesn't the ACC, aren't those teams tied to a grant of rights deal and it's highly punitive financially for them to walk away? Is is there that much money in this stuff, Blake, that these people are willing to pay a $100 million fine? Yeah, it is highly punitive to walk away. Um I think the, the flip side of that would be how punitive is it to stay for the next, I think it's 13 years. I think that grant of rights runs through, I want to say 2036. Um, so at some point, I, I think there probably is the business decision of, you know, what's the cost for staying versus the cost for going. Uh, I mean, the cost for going is, is kind of laid out in front of you with, which what you referred to there is kind of some astronomical uh, fines. Uh, however, you know, I think a school like Florida State or a school like Clemson wonders where will we be left in the landscape of all of this if we stick around in the ACC for the next 13 years? It's a really great question, uh, and that's very interesting, which – here we go again. You're advocating that the SEC not sit still. So I was talking with George Plaster yesterday about this, and we were kind of going back and forth. It looks like the SEC has decided 
hey, look, we got our TV cut. We don't want to cut the nut or the cake, whatever analogy you want to use, the cookie, the pie. We've got our teams here. We've got our revenue. We don't want to get into cutting it further and slicing down the pie so Tennessee gets less and, you know, what do they do here? What what are you what are you advocating? Well, I think the perfect scenario for the SEC would be that somehow the Pac-12 survives, um, and that the ACC does not fracture. I think the status quo that you're talking about there, I think the status quo works very well for the the SEC. However, the SEC doesn't really have the power to ensure that that happens. You know, as I wrote recently, the SEC had the power to get this realignment carousel started. Uh, it, it started this, this carnival ride in motion whenever it act, added Oklahoma and Texas, what it, which it absolutely should have done. Um, if you recall, Texas's president, uh, shortly after the SEC added those schools, Texas's president said that Texas was considering other options internally. They were considering the Big Ten, the ACC. Like, if Texas is going to go you don't want them going somewhere else so it's absolutely the right thing to do for the sec to add oklahoma and texas but that um greg sankey had to know he had to, to realize that, that that was going to set off a chain reaction and the chain reaction that has followed has still resulted in the sec being at the top of the heap um you know big 10 fans maybe don't like to hear that but i, I think we would agree the sec is still number one in the pecking order even after the Big Ten countered with UCLA uh, and USC. But who's to say the Big Ten wants to stand, stand pat at 16? Uh, and they've shown they're willing to add schools from coast to coast with no rhyme or reason behind the, the geography. Um, so, you know, I kind of think about a future where what if the Big Ten adds Oregon and Washington and Florida State and North Carolina? or maybe Florida State and Clemson, how would, how would the SEC feel then at 16 teams with a 20-team big, big, big 10 that just added those four schools? Like, you, you can't be complacent in any of this, or you risk losing the catbird seat. And, yeah, you don't want to split that revenue pie into tinier pieces, um, but I think that's that's on you at the negotiating table. If you're adding what you feel like is valuable members, I know uh, it, it's a tough time to negotiate with Disney and ESPN right now. Uh, that may not always be the case. Uh, you would think if you're adding brands of the caliber of a North Carolina or of the caliber of a Florida State or Clemson, that should should allow you to be able to get more uh, at, the, at the renegotiation table so yeah I, I don't think the sec can can just sit on its hands depending on what happens elsewhere you know if the pac-12 schools see this uh this mysterious media rights deal and say oh hey that's fine we're, we're cool having our game streamed on apple uh and it sticks together and if the acc grant of rights holds well that's fine yeah the sec is good with the status quo but if these late leagues are going to to crumble I think the SEC has to position itself to scoop up whoever its first choice members are, which I don't think the SEC would be too interested in those Pac-12 schools. It doesn't really fit their past realignment moves, but I would think the SEC 
uh, would have to be interested in a couple ACC schools if those ACC schools are, in fact, determined um, to get out of that grand right, come what may, on the, on the fine side of things. Who do you advocate they go after from the ACC? Because it looks like it looks like the it looks like Clemson's runnerish, as we say in baseball, and Florida State's runnerish. If those two come off the table, that would not be a good look for the SEC. That would be uh, that would be a little bit of a blow, wouldn't it? I think so. I mean, you look at the Big Ten's expansion thus far, and they are coast to coast, but the one area of the country. They haven't penetrated is uh, where we're sitting, right? The South. The Big Ten has not made its way into southern borders. Well, if you get a foothold down in Tallahassee, Florida, <laughs> yeah, you're in the South, and and I think that makes you makes your conference an even greater factor uh, in the recruiting terrain down there. I don't think the SEC should want uh, the Big Ten coming into the state of Florida. Um, and, and grabbing the panhandle in Florida State. Uh, and, and frankly, I don't think the, the SEC should want the Big Ten coming as far south as, as North Carolina, um, or, or certainly Clemson. So I think, for me, if, if the ACC was to fracture, I think those three schools would be where I would start if I were the SEC. Uh, and, and I don't know how you order them, but I would say... Let's say Florida State, North Carolina, Clemson, or maybe you could reorder that some some other version. But to me, those three should be the starting point for the SEC if if they those schools are are going to get out. You know, I don't know that the SEC needs to necessarily help them get out. If if the ACC holds, I think that's fine. If you're the SEC, the ACC is not really a factor to you. Uh, you know, continue forward as the third or fourth best conference. Uh, frankly, I think. Uh, the, the Big 12 has probably leapfrogged them. Um, but continue forward. You're either three or four. You're not a threat to the SEC. And we'll revisit this in the 2030s when your grant of rights deal is winding down. If that's the case, fine. But if those schools find a way out, I think you, if you're the, if you're Greg Sankey, if you're the SEC chancellors and presidents, you're asleep at the wheel. If, if you're going to let Florida State, Clemson, and North Carolina uh, just walk into the Big Ten. That's not something you should want. Hey, Blake, what what do you think's more attractive to a Clemson? So I was thinking about this overnight, which I think is an interesting question, right? Because a Clemson, a Florida State, they're going to have options. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and the options are, do we want to tie ourselves for this next iteration of college football, this new 12-team deal? We walk away from where we are which we've already established they have the financial wherewithal to do so with these new TV deals. So is it more attractive for me to go to the Southeastern Conference and butt heads there, or is it more attractive for me to recruit in the Southeast against this league and take on the Big Ten? I would argue that if the money is comparable and i think the money is comparable they they might be better off in the big 10 success wise if they want to keep uh keep on the hamster wheel here what do you think yeah maybe maybe success wise you could make that case a little bit although i think you throw florida state clemson into a big 10 that just scooped up 
Southern Cal and, and already has Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan sitting there, I think the, the gap would would be a little bit narrow between the Big Ten and the SEC at that point. Um, but I also think about the flip side of this. And, and athletics directors, first and foremost, usually think about how much, how, how can I make the most money? And, and frankly, chancellors and presidents, that's usually near the top of their mind, too, is how do we make the most money? And, yeah, you want your teams in the college football playoff. You want your teams competing for national championships. Sure, you want all that, but you also want money. And I'm just thinking about a Clemson football schedule that features the likes of Rutgers and Minnesota and Wisconsin rather than featuring the likes of teams like South Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, uh, and on down the line. I mean, if you're, I'm not saying we're going to see a bunch, you know, swaths of empty seats at home Clemson games, but I do think from a revenue standpoint, you know, you talk about the TV contracts, but there's other pieces to this too, right? And and the whole, the whole pie of, of, of funding your athletic department and and making yourselves rich. Uh, I don't know. I, I think, I think you want to put together a schedule if you're Clemson that that has some of those southern schools that that match your brand, right? I mean, you are totally giving up your brand and your identity as the Clemson Tigers if you say, "Yep, serve us up a conference schedule that's got the Iowa Hawkeyes on there uh, and the Rutgers Scarlet Knights." I, I just is that what you want to do? Maybe, uh, maybe if it's about finding the easiest path to the playoff but still be in one of the top two conferences. Maybe you determine that's the Big Ten. Um, but I would argue with a 12-team playoff, if, if these other conferences are going to crumble, I mean, are we going to award uh, six automatic bids if, if the Pac-12 and, and the ACC yeah. are left in, in some uh, shell of a state? I, yeah. I don't know. We can reevaluate that. And so all of a sudden you, you call back the number of auto bids, you pump out a couple more at-larges, I think if if I'm running Clemson, I say we want to be in the SEC, and we think we can get one of those five or six playoff bids that inevitably are going to come to the SEC uh, if it really does, you know, result in like the Super Two left standing plus you know the Big Twelve in, in the number three seed. Hey Blake, I don't want to get like melodramatic here, which I'm prone to do. We all know the entertainer in me. No, no, don't but say that. But the but the fact is this stuff happens really quickly like you hear the you hear the shakes and the tremors people that live on the fault lines understand this but you know and then one day the big one happens do you think this thing blake is is it years away is it months away what's your sense of what we're talking about timeline wise here obviously we're just guessing we're spitballing here yeah i I think it it could be either for the ACC, right? I mean, these ACC schools might feel that uh, they can afford to wait a few years and reevaluate this, uh, you know, closer to the 2030s, maybe when the, you know, you could stomach the, the finances, the, the penalty a little bit more. Or I think we'll know this summer, right? Uh, I, I think the ACC is kind of headed for a decision point, some of these. Uh, what were they calling those seven schools that were un- unhappy? The uh, 
the salacious seven, the magnificent seven. I don't know. Uh, I, I would think they've got to be arriving at a decision point either this summer or you kick the can down the road a handful of years and you reevaluate this thing. Because the grant of rights isn't going anywhere, right? I mean, it's, it's on the books through 2036. Um, so I think you know the situation and you decide either we do it now or you get kind of a target date in mind where, where you feel like it is, um, you know, worth it enough to do it. I think with the Big 12, or, or excuse me, the Pac-12, I think we're going to know its future, gosh, maybe by September 1, right? Uh, I mean, it's it's going to be sort of put up or shut up time, I think, for the Arizona schools. Uh, do you want in yep. the Big 12? That's next time. Or are, you, are yep. you cool with going going to the Apple land, uh, taking a bite out of the Apple with the Pac-12 and sticking around there? So I, I think we... You know, and, and if the Pac-12 loses the Arizona schools, do they close up shop immediately? Maybe not. I think we learned from the Big 12 state of affairs two years ago that let's not uh, let's not rush to be the first to write the obituary. I mean, how many of us had the Big 12 left for dead there when they lost Oklahoma and Texas? And they've rallied off the ropes pretty strongly. Uh, having said that, though, I don't see a lot of great options for the Pac-12. Um, you know, if it starts hemorrhaging some more members. And I do think, I do think if the Pac-12 were to lose Oregon and Washington on top of the Arizona schools, it'd pretty much be curtains at that point. I mean, maybe your conference continues to exist in some merged state with the Mountain West, but the Pac-12 as we, as we know it would, would sort of cease to exist at that point. I don't know. I don't know that Arizona and Arizona State would be the absolute knockout punch because, um, like I said, we have seen a conference come off the ropes before, but I don't, I don't see a lot of outs for the Pac-12 at this point if, if they start hemorrhaging more members. And the Arizona deal is really interesting. You had people staked out yesterday uh, waiting for the media people because media people understand – that when these folks convene, I guess they convened a Zoom call yesterday, but you'll wait for word to come out of that meeting that, hey, we're ready to pull the trigger and jump leagues. And that's what we're looking at right now. As Blake Topmeyer joins us of the USA Today uh, network uh, and formerly uh, with the Knoxville News Sentinel, his work does appear in the News Sentinel, but really appears all over the country as part of their chain and also with uh, the USA Today folks. So Blake's got his ear to the ground on this stuff, and it's it's a really interesting time. Um, it's Blake, I think the Big 12, that new commissioner there, is pretty slick because if he peels off Arizona and Arizona State to go with what they did in the offseason, even after losing those two big brands, they can kind of hang around as, for a while as that third conference, which I think that's what we're going to end up with. I think we're going to end up with it, it. Just you can just see it. It's either going to be two conferences, and it's going to be the SEC and the Big Tw- and the and the uh, Big Ten, and whatever they you know the Big Ten has twenty five teams in it, and the SEC does, or you cut that third one in over there. But I give that guy a lot of credit. They've been they've been pretty resourceful here, and if they pull Arizona. Uh, and they pull Arizona State right along with them, it's a pretty good move. One other thing for you. I don't think that this Apple deal 
maybe that works five or ten years from now, but you can't tell me that these athletic departments that are so con- contingent on running their engines through this football money are going to work on a deal where you get X amount of subscribers. This is how much revenue you get from us, so I can't budget. That just doesn't make any sense to me, uh, Blake, when we're talking about millions of dollars. How about you? It doesn't make sense. And let's, let's think about it like this. Um, I cover college football. I watch a lot of college football when I'm not in the stadium, uh, which eats up a good chunk of my Saturday. But I, but I try, you know, try to watch as much as I can on Saturdays when I'm not there. And I'm just thinking to myself, am I someone who's pretty plugged in on college football? That's what I do for a living. Am I going to spring for an Apple TV subscription so I can fire up, uh, you know, Oregon State, Arizona State at 9 p.m. Eastern time on a Saturday night? Um, I'd, I'd have to talk to uh, the folks uh, running our expense department see if they'd cover that expense for me because otherwise I'm thinking probably not. Uh, you know, I, I'm a columnist covering the SEC, so I don't, I don't have to sit there and watch Oregon State at play Arizona State at 9 Eastern time on Apple TV. So I don't, I don't know that I'm springing for that. And I use that example because I think there are probably a lot of folks like me. I'm not talking about sports writers. I'm talking about college football fans who, if your game is on Pac-12 after dark on ESPN, you better believe we're watching that at 9 Eastern time or whenever the heck it kicks off. Uh, yeah, we're watching that. Are we going to spring for an Apple TV subscription? Don't, don't know that we are. Um, even though we really like college football, don't know that 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 I want that on my uh, my monthly bill uh, just so I can watch Oregon State, Arizona State. So, and I think that's what we're talking about here, right? Is yeah, your diehard Stanford football fan, they're probably going to spring for it. Your your diehard Beaver fans, they're they're getting on board with the Apple if that's the way you're going. But you're getting the diehards. I don't know that you're getting the college football fan who might have flipped your game on before and watched it, but now you're not on their dial. You're not on one of the streaming services or cable or DirecTV or whatever dish that you already have. And so now you got to spring for, for something else. It does get to a point. We all play this game in the streaming wars, right? It gets to a point where you're like, okay, I've already got two or three or four streaming apps. Do I really want a, a monthly fee for, for another one? Um, these are real dollars to people sitting at home wanting to watch college football on a Saturday. And it's, it's, it's going to force them to make hard choices. And I think a lot of those people that would have been watching some Pac-12 football otherwise, you end up putting a bulk of your product on Apple, they're, they're checked out. Uh, they're not finding you anymore. Um, yep. And even if they're already streaming, like you can't, you know, I don't have uh, some, of these, some of these services, but I don't think you can flip through, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you can flip through YouTube TV or uh, or Hulu TV or some of the others. I'm probably not mentioning one of your, your advertisers there, Tony, but I don't think you can flip through that dial and land on Apple TV, can you? I don't think so. Like, you have to intentionally go fire up your Apple TV app, right? You absolutely and, do. You have to yeah. intentionally fire up. You have to go into, because here's how I know this, Apple TV, the, the, the um, MLS people, which I enjoy soccer, the MLS people uh, this year, and I watch that league, uh, they uh, went almost exclusively to, to Apple TV. That forces me to go down 
on the smart TV to find the Apple TV icon to click on it. Blake, I'll tell you something. I learned something about myself this year. Because I like that league, and I like watching my Philadelphia Union, and I follow this in the podcast. You know, I kind of follow it. But I'll tell you, when you're out of sight, you're out of mind. It's a weird deal. Yep. And, 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 and even with the, as being a cable television subscriber, sure, you're seeking something out. But to go on to an app and click on an app, even on a smart TV, you're getting out of that. You're getting out of that box, and now I've got to go over here and take an extra step. It's just not something. And they've got a $10 uh, tiered subscription on top of the Apple TV. The Apple TV comes with the television we have, The I guess through the Roku. I don't know all that stuff. I don't handle any of that. The particulars in my house, if I, if I was left to handle the particulars, I'd be underwater very quickly. Thank God my lovely wife does that. But the point is... It's work. Even if I'm subscribing to it, Blake, it's work to get to it. And, and I just don't think it's there yet. I just, this smacks to me like a last gasp attempt. The TV network's basically telling the Pac-10, Pac-12, whatever they are right now, minus those two L.A. schools, we're just not going to pay you the money you're looking for. So you might as well go over here and see if you can get it subscriber by subscriber and to that i say good luck to you because i don't think it's going to happen for him blake i think it's a tough road to hoe i mean i'm just thinking yeah, you mentioned we, we you know, maybe five or ten years from now this works but right now does it work probably not and and yeah i think about that i mean i think about um you know in, in my family it's a personal example but in my family my grandpa's in his 90s my father's in his 70s and I got a brother about ready to turn 40. So you got you know different generations there. All three of those guys watch sports. How many of those, those three, the three sports fans, are going to spring for an Apple TV subscription, which none of them currently have? They're all watching on satellite television still, from the 40-year-old up to the 90-something-year-old. They're all still watching on satellite TV. How many of them are going to spring for an Apple TV subscription? To watch uh, Pac-12 football, I would guess zero. Um, I can tell you, my father and grandfather wouldn't know how to do it, uh, and my my 40 year old brother, he's not going to do it either, despite him being an immense sports fan. And yeah, they don't live in in uh, in Oregon or California. They're not big Stanford guys. Uh, they're not Stanford Steve, but they are college football fans, yep. and I don't see any of them bringing for it. And I think we can all think about people in our own families um, or your friends or, or whatever. Other than like the, the college, the, the, the absolute college football diehards or the guys yep. that are that are gambling on, That's on right. 80 games every yeah, Saturday. That's right. That, that they need to see this, this outcome on Apple TV. I think you find something else to watch because there's going to be other games on. Uh, you know, even in that late night window, you know, maybe you're watching... Uh, you know, some Colorado State game. Or Fresno State. Yeah, ESPN (laughs) will program, and that's the other thing. ESPN and Fox are going to counter-program against that Apple product. You know, the other thing that comes to mind, and Sean wants to jump in here, and Cinco, jump in here with us. But uh, before I throw to you, Sean, I just want to say, to me, when I think about that whole Pac-12 footprint, I think about casual college football fans. 
it's look if you took the SEC and said you have to go on another tier and you got to buy, people here would absolutely do it because they're yeah. nuts. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, you look at their stadiums. I'm not sure it's a lifestyle there like it is here. I just I don't think it's there yet. Sean Sinclair, jump in here with us. Your thoughts? I agree with a lot of you saying. I mean, I've got uh, I've got free Pack Ten or Pack Twelve, and I don't watch it right now. Uh, I don't I don't see people except in that area going out and spending a lot of money uh, to watch something they don't watch now. But I I, I do think that uh, Blake brings up a great point about. I'm not so sure that I don't. I don't think you can sit back and watch the Big Ten just mm. start taking over. Mm. Uh, you know, Clemson. There's some kid, recruiting kids in the Southeast tend to stay in the Southeast in general. I think it would be a mistake for Clemson to go to the Big Ten. Uh, I think that would be a a good thing for the University of South Carolina. Uh, but, you know, money talks, so who knows? I like the way the Southeastern Conference has looked at teams that are good in all sports. And that why I'm, that way, that's why I'm not so sure someone like Virginia Tech makes sense. Um, where at one time I thought under Beamer, I thought they would be a good SEC team. I don't think they are now. So it'll be interesting to see how they do it. I mean, so we'll, we'd have to have, we'd have to get to four more to get to 20. Uh, is that what you think they would do, Blake? Would they grab four? Is that, or would they go two, and then two? What, what What's your sense, Blake? If the SEC acts here, I think it depends how many ACC teams want to pay the exit fee to get out. I mean, I don't think the wow. the ACC is going to open up, or excuse me, the SEC is, is necessarily going to, um, you know, say, hey, we'll 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 cover your your astronomical fee to get out the door. I think that's that's got to be on them to get out the door, but that depends on how many how many won out. Uh, but yeah, I think twenty would probably be the if you're going to go from if you're going to go up from sixteen, twenty would be the number. Now, do they do it all at once? I mean, we saw when the SEC went from twelve to sixteen, they obviously did that across about a decade. They went fourteen, then sixteen. Would it be like that, or would it be all at once? I don't know. You know, maybe it comes two first and two later. But I think that sort of depends on whether you feel like you can you can sit around and, and wait for the second round of two. You know, if uh, if the four ACC schools that you want are all leaving at the same time, they're all paying their fine and getting out at the same time, then I think you quickly go from, from 16 to 20, or you try to anyway. Um, if, if you don't have four on the market that you want, all at the same time, then you then you go to sixteen and and you or excuse me, then you go to eighteen and and you sit back and and wait because uh, I don't I don't think you have to add just to get to a particular number. I, and Greg Sankey said that, and I'll agree with him on that. You don't have to chase a particular number, but you do have to be cognizant of what what's available out there. You know, if if suddenly Virginia Tech is available, I think to Sean's point, I don't I don't know that that's a that's a must have for for the SEC. I don't. I don't know if you got to jump at that. If they want to go in the Big Ten, let them, let them have them. Uh, I think you can live without Virginia Tech. but So it just sort of depends on who becomes available uh, in the ACC, if anyone. Maybe this grant of rights holds, and, and maybe we're talking about this you know, six, seven years from now when, when that's a little closer to expiring. But 
Last thought I had, kind of on the Apple TV thing, as we were talking about this, guys, you know, you mentioned that that's where the MLS landed, which I wouldn't know because I'm not an MLS guy, but the point is, a lot of people who do watch the MLS, um, sounds like maybe it is for you, Tony, but I think for a lot of people, that's not like their number five sport. Like the soccer nerds are soccer nerds, right? Yeah. Like that, yeah. that is yeah. their thing. And so yeah. I think that something like Apple could work for the MLS because there aren't a ton of people that just casually watch the mm. MLS. Mm-hmm. You, you're you're all in on the MLS, if that's mm-hmm. the thing. And mm-hmm. so you want to stream it on Apple. You want to stream it on whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're an, if you were an MLS nerd, a soccer nerd, you're mm-hmm. finding that. Um, mm-hmm. But I think you were kind of talking about this earlier with the Pac-12. Like, how many people are that passionate about Pac-12 football that if you put them on this streaming platform, they're they're going for it. There's going to be some, but I think the Pac-12 might be alarmed at, 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 at what that number is. It's probably not going to be as much as they hope it's going to be, and it's not going to be, I don't think it's going to be a huge percentage from other parts of the country that would casually watch the Pac-12 football if it was on um, somewhere else on, on their dial. Like you said, the SEC, for some ungodly reason, wanted to start streaming its games on, on some random platform. You you know these fan bases, they'd come oh. along with it. It'd be the best thing to ever happen for that whatever streaming platform that was. Uh, SEC's not going to do that because <laughs> it's got Disney along for the ride here. But it, it could work for something like that. It can work for something like the MLS where you're either a soccer fan or you're not. Just don't think that applies to the Pac-12. Yeah, and you made a great point when you said that these other networks are just not going to seed and just not going to have something in that time slot. And here's my thing. Look, I'm just thinking about my fall. When we're down in the studio doing our Garza Law fifth quarter fan reaction program into the wee, wee small hours in the morning, I will have whatever game's on there, and I will tell you right now, I'm not paying for that Pac-12 pack. I'm just not. I'm just not going to. That won't even cross my mind to do that, and I'm as captive an audience as you can get. Now, I mean, think about BYU being in the Big 12 yep. now. BYU, there were what, Mountain Time Zone, right? Yep. So you could, yes. you could have, if you're ESPN uh, or whoever's going to be broadcasting the late window of, of mm-hmm. the Big 12, can't keep up with it, um, be right. the Big 10 or Fox, I think it's the Big 10, right? That's got the late window, maybe it's Big 12. Um, whatever. You got, you got BYU in the, the Big 12 now. You want to get some some action in that late window and you you don't have the Pac-12 anymore, well, there's BYU. You have them kick off a Big 12 football game against Oklahoma State at 9 p.m. Eastern time, and you're telling people, you're telling me people wouldn't watch that rather than hop over to Apple TV and watch some, some Pac-12 football? Nah, they're, they're, watching, they're watching the Cougs. Uh, they're watching the Cougs in that, that late window because they can actually find it on their dial and frankly, the Big 12 is going to be more relevant anyway. Um, or as you said earlier, they're putting um, you know Mountain West football on there, and you know Fresno State. All of a sudden, you're getting um, a few more eyeballs on your games because people can actually find your game. So, yeah, there are ways to counter this for the networks, and I don't think you have to kowtow to the Pac-12. We've seen that they're not going to, because they've probably already thought about this. There are other ways to to fill some of that late-night window. Uh, you know, maybe it doesn't get you all the way out there on Pacific time, but there's ways to get in 
to, to use those mountain time zone teams to, to fill that late night window. And you don't have to cave to the Pac-12. They clearly haven't. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think the Pac-12 is in a tough situation with the streaming deal. You're the man, Blake Topmeyer. Folks want to read more, follow along, promote your podcast with John Adams, who will be with us tomorrow, who you need to visit the chiropractor uh, in significant chunks, the way you carry him around. That's got to be just jamming the small of your back right now. But uh, promote it all, brother. Go ahead. Yeah, the podcast is SEC Football Unfiltered. Got a pretty good audience there, but we're still looking to, to grow that. It's on all yes, the podcast sir. apps, SEC Football Unfiltered. We're out once every week. Um, you can find those uh, those coach rankings you alluded to earlier over at usatoday.com. If you Google, or excuse me, if you, if you go on there and, and search Josh Heupel or search, plug in whatever name you want, that's probably the easiest way to find those coach rankings I had. You can also find them on my Twitter. I guess it's X now, right? At B. Topmeyer. And if you head over to knoxnews.com, um, I had a column that went up here locally this morning on Josh Heupel and how this guy is, he kind of puts me to sleep at his press conferences. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a snoozer at the mic, but but my, my take on that is he's actually kind of got the perfect personality for this uh, yeah. this media pressure cooker that we know this market can be, yeah. and 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 I actually think uh, you know boring Josh at the microphone there works pretty well uh, because the attention then is left to go on the product he's producing and not stupid things he's saying at the mic like some of these past coaches have done, uh, and then we spend hours on on your show or others, uh. you know, kind of replaying it and psychoanalyzing uh. it, and making fun uh. of them. Eiffel doesn't give you any of that stuff, does he? Uh, it's it's like 20 minutes of snoozerdom when he's at, at a presser, and then you're left to talk about his football team. I actually think that works pretty darn well for him, and i got a column on that you can find uh, over at knoxnews.com. Well, you're right on the money. We talked about it you know, yesterday after he was done. There's not one slogan that comes out of his mouth. There's not one justification for anything that he's done that comes out of his mouth. He reminds me of a veteran NFL football coach, just very comfortable in his own skin. He doesn't try to sell you. He doesn't try to pre-sell you. He doesn't try to sell you after the fact. Uh, I, I'm just wondering, Blake, where this guy came from because he's almost too good to be true. He is a perfect. You talk about a perfect coach for this era. He is a perfect coach for the era that we're that we're uh, embarking in right now in college football. Well, I think he's perfect for Tennessee too. You know, I think in some other places you might need a little more of a as a showman. Uh, mm. I don't think you need that at Tennessee. Like the balls mm. are the show. Like you don't have to mm. you don't have to beg for the the media to turn on the spotlight right mm. on, on your program. Like the spotlight's going to be pretty dang bright, and all you have to do is keep it from getting too hot. Um, mm. And so I think he's yeah he's, he's obviously proven himself as a coach and all that other stuff. Um, sure, but I, I think for this particular market he's a better fit than maybe even some others. You know, he's the guy you need steady Eddie in that position, whether it be on the sideline or when all the camera lights come on, he's the guy. I mean, I was taking us walk down memory lane as I was writing this column. You guys will remember some of this better than I, but just some of the things that, that came out of these past coaches. I mean, I, I, I brought up uh, Derek Dooley and his shower etiquette. Mm. You know, I mean, this guy was actually talking about shower etiquette. 
Mm. Um, you know, he compared he compared the Vols to the Germans mm. in World War II. How about that? I mean, mm. that ought to be 101 and, and analogies not to make. Uh, and then you had Butch Jones and his infamous fake news, Shy Tuttle fell on a helmet, uh, somehow I woke up and I'm in a ra- reality television show rant. Um, I mean, it, it's hard to believe that a, a real live human being uh, who's making millions to coach football would have just would have went down that path and uh, you know called his media fake news and, and said he feels like he woke up in a reality TV show. Uh, yeah, I mean, Butch, you're a bozo. You'd be better uh, working in reality TV than on a sideline, uh, and you just let everybody know that. And then you move on to Jeremy Pruitt, who literally compared his program to the Titanic. I mean, that's a real thing that he said. Right? That is so great. I totally forgot about that. That is so great. I mean, he said his, his uh, players were leaving his program. Uh, something like the rats on the Titanic oh or something. I don't know. It's gosh. like, uh, I mean, oh, these are real things there. that past people employed by the University of Tennessee said and did. And then you got Josh Heifel. Uh, I mean, what a 180. Uh, wow. Not only as a coach, and his coaching acumen, he's proven himself there, but just being, representing the brand. I mean, the last guy was, was comparing the vault to the Titanic. You had Dooley comparing them to the Germans in World War II. Uh, not sure which which was well. I'm not even going down that road. Uh, and and then and then you had Butch being Butch. I mean, what what a night and day difference. Blake Topmeyer, you're my man. Much love to you, and uh, thanks for letting me carry Adams around for a day tomorrow. It'll be fun for us. So you have a great one, brother. Great talking to you. It's sure thing. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. Thank you. Sean, that was a rather lengthy appearance. I want to unpack a bunch of stuff that he had a chance to, because you were uh, rather um, um, in your spot. Generally, I want to give you a chance to expound on some of the things that uh, Blake got into. I think it's a really, all of a sudden you woke up today, last couple weeks. It's a really interesting time to watch the next shift once arizona falls once because they're going to jump they're not they're not stupid once they jump here come the wheels in motion from the west coast to the east coast and and the leagues don't want to get when you start talking about the big 10 and the sec you know with really wealthy people you know it's never enough and with these really wealthy leagues it's never enough. And they're the two wealthiest. The Big 12's trying to stay alive. We'll, we'll talk about that in an hour or two. Sean, I want you to load up and give me your thoughts on that. And then some other things. And I want to get into those coach rankings as well with you. Our number for the first time today, I'm going to invite you to call at 865-200-5402. Again, 865-200-5402. Titans Bill still smarting, by the way. Brian cut him off yesterday, which I found unfortunate. Perhaps we'll uh, tackle that in hour two as well. You never know what's going to happen, but you know it's the show of record. It's your Tony Basilio show, and we continue after this. This is Terry Wilcox, a.k.a. The Chicken Man, a.k.a. T-Willie, and you're listening to 101.7 FM, WKOM, Columbia, Tennessee. Alert, alert. 
Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram has a huge announcement. We're expanding our service center to get you in and out quicker than ever. That's right, five new service bays to get your vehicle back on the road. Don't drive a Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram. It doesn't matter. Our certified technicians are trained to work on all makes or models. More service, less time. Only at Columbia Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, Ram. Family owned and operated. You can count on us. Hello, it's me, Terry Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. July reminds me of red, white, and blue. If you were born in July, your birthstone is the ruby king of the precious stones for its rarity, hardness, second only to diamonds. We have a beautiful collection from earrings to rings, modern and antique. If you were born in July, we'll take 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. This is Dr. Dominic Mancini from the Dr. Gill Center. If your car was damaged in an auto accident, chances are you'd fix the car. Why wouldn't you give that same attention to yourself? Untreated whiplash injuries of the spinal column may lead to conditions such as headaches, numbness in the arms, neck and back pain. The doctors at the Dr. Gill Center specialize in detecting and treating such injuries from an auto accident. Accident consultations are free. Call me painfree.com or call 615-551-9224. In today's uncertain world, you can never be too careful about your family's financial future. That's why the Parker Group, a part of Baird's Private Wealth Management, is offering a free second opinion on your financial plans. Let us review your current plan, and we will identify any gaps and offer suggestions to improve it. Please call the Parker Group at 931-548-3737. That's 931-548-3737. Robert W. Baird & Company Incorporated does not offer tax or legal advice. Hi, Jimmy here for Columbia Ace Hardware. Columbia Ace Hardware now carries Magnolia Home by Joanna Gaines Paint. Now their premium quality and huge selection of colors will be right in your neighborhood. Along with the award-winning service and advice, Columbia Ace has always provided for your paint projects. Around the block, what you need in stock, with people who know their paint. Columbia Ace, the helpful place. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. Do you have trees that need trimming or removed? Do you have stumps that you want ground? A1 Tree Removal is a family-owned and operated business local to Columbia and Lewisburg and servicing surrounding Middle Tennessee. They are licensed and insured and provide free estimates. No job is too big. No tree is too small. Give old Luke a call or text Luke at 931-359-3113. Or you can check them out on Facebook and tell A1 Tree Removal that you heard this ad on the radio. If you love America, you will love A1 Tree Removal. This is Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee. Tony, be back with you, 865-200-5402, hour two. On your radio, Blake Topmeyer, top of the mark, top rope. Appreciate him joining us. We went into the big top with uh, Topmeyer, and there was a lot under the big top today to unpack. 
Cinco, I, you know, I really hadn't really considered what's going to happen with the ACC. His point was, it, if you're the Southeastern Conference, you almost have to go in there and get those plum schools if they're going to move before the Big Ten does. What, what, what's your sense of of what this what's going to happen here? I think I think you're right. Um, but I just wonder how does how do, how big does the Big Ten actually get? Um, they're bringing in who who all are they incorporating? Well, you've got right now Maybe that we not. know of. You've got UCLA and U, USC UCLA, which gets them a 16. Then they're talking about four more. You're talking about Florida State, Florida. I mean, um, Florida State and Clemson, which is the rumor. And then two more schools from the West Coast, Washington and Oregon, I believe, were the other two. And if you're the if you're the SEC, you could sit there and let them gobble up. I think the Pac-12, whatever, that would kind of make sense because it's not our footprint. It seems like the SEC can't let Clemson go to the Big Ten. I'm just thinking about it out loud here. Well, a couple of ripple effects would be one, if that happens. You know, I just do they go to twenty one because then why does does Notre Dame find them being a uh, stepchild in that conference for everything but football? Is that is that attractive to them now, um, or do they jump to the Big Ten? That's always seemed like a natural thing. Uh, you have, I think, you have some other things now that we're talking that money's the same, even though I'm from Missouri. They, uh, you know, you. We just lose him, Brian. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll try and reconnect with him. the The thing that's the thing I keep going back to is all this time. Try Sean again. Thirty years ago, Sean, when you and I were in school, and I want you to finish your thought. But the AC, the 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 Miami and Florida State, way before. Way before South Carolina and Arkansas joined this league, Miami and Florida State were supposed to be the first two to do this. And they were both independent at the time, which would have been so much easier than it is now. But, you know, Sean, and that didn't happen. And I just don't see a world where Florida State's not in this league eventually, if that's what's going to happen. So I totally agree with you. I don't know where I cut, and I'm sorry about that. I don't know where I cut out the uh, what I was talking about is ripple effects. I don't, know, I don't know what you heard, but you know what does Notre Dame do uh, with the ACC? You know, seemingly, and they're they're that that's already shifted. That the the start of that was the magnificent four, fabulous, whatever they talked about teams leaving when they when they're looking to leave. There's no really reason for even though you said the Big Twelve. Ex- still exists. Uh, that's that's probably not what the ACC wants to do, and so they they will likely. I would imagine those those teams are looking for an out right now, somehow, some way. Uh, and so I don't think they turn around. So what, does Notre Dame want to be part of you know an uh, you know an annex of that conference, even though they're not in football, but the other sports? Uh, you, you think ACC would have a hard time? 
coming back and trying to renegotiate a contract without the big schools in there. Um, but so what does the Big Ten do? Do they do they try to get Notre Dame in? Does that, they go to twenty one? Um, is it, do they just take one? Uh, I don't know, but I think I do think it's there for many years. It's been the SEC with Sankey and and his predecessor. Um, I think they've sat atop and lorded over college football. And as an outsider, I kind of applaud what the Big Ten is doing there. They're saying, okay, well, if this is the way it's going to go, then we're going to gobble some stuff up. And I think it now it, I, I think the SEC has to counterpunch a little bit. Uh, I, w- am I correct in saying that they yesterday they announced that the Big Ten, uh, the figures were that each school got fifty-eight million as opposed to a lesser amount for the the SEC schools? I that's, do think that's, that's right. The yeah, SEC's not going to. The, you know, fourteen million dollars difference. Does in and potential debt? Does that make a Missouri? Take a look and say, well, you know what? We got Iowa here. We got Nebraska, the, Illinois. This is more natural. Do we, do we move over there? Um, you know, and, and so if I'm the SEC, I don't know that I would be as cavalier as Sankey has been over the past couple of months about realignment because it's definitely coming. And, you know, the old soothsayer, Jackie Sherrill was, is going to be proven right 40 years ago. You know, there's going to be there's going to be two super conferences, but how big are those conferences? And he made it. And, and imagine if you're at Virginia Tech today, a Virginia Tech fan, a Virginia Tech administrator, a president, whomever. Imagine if you're up there and you're thinking to yourself, "Self, we're about to get locked out of this deal." Or if you're at the University of Virginia, our opening opponent, because here's the reality. And this is hard for some to grasp. This is all, underscore, all about football. All, A-L-L, all about football and football revenue. And so that is the case. My question is. If I'm Virginia Tech, the first call I make is to Stillwater, Oklahoma. Because. They, that's a, to me, that's a very, even though you don't have an OU, you can't compare OU to Virginia, but you have a very similar thing there. You have a, you know, a, you have an okay school without Beamer, without Mike Vick. Um, you know, they've had some social issues, but it's still, that's kind of gone away, but they're going to be sitting in the middle of SEC territory ish, uh, and basically going to be in a conference like with Memphis. Or someone like that. They are. That is a proud school with a good football heritage. Yep. That looks like they are going to be left out, like Oklahoma State, because yep. they they can say whatever they. The Big Twelve is existing, but nobody's counting that as a as a proper big time school. They they may be top three because the ACC implodes, but I, I, this Power Five stuff. It, no, it's it's Power Two, and then some other Rands. Well, and Blake said it best. You you could see a 12-team format, 12-team uh, playoff format, where what it comes down to is eventually five SEC teams, five uh, teams from the packed, uh, whatever they're, or the uh, big, whatever they're going to be called, and then one other one, 
I mean, that's literally what this thing, or two other slots that are just that are just gifted um, to somebody you know, else. In the other schools, there's no yeah. sense of group of six. What that that becomes irrelevant now. Well, that's exactly really, right. No one, no one cares. Yeah. What those people need to do is play their own playoff and championship in early December. People will yep. watch it. They'll gamble on it. It'll get big money. It'll get big rate, big ratings. There is a somewhere out there. There is a TV partner for them that will pay them. Uh, they need to get real, really, and realize that they're they're about to get left behind. And that is something that they all like, like the Mark Ingrams of the world. Those guys need to get together in a room and say, how can we maximize getting on this gravy train? Because it's getting ready to happen. I mean, we can sit there and say, well, yeah, I don't like it. No, you know, Nobody cares what you like. No, nobody cares what you, I mean, that's the thing about this. These pigs, and, and really at the end of the day, the SEC started it. But, as Blake said, if the SEC didn't do it, they knew damn right well that the Big Big Ten was going to grab. Because if you would have left Oklahoma and Texas there, the Big Ten would have grabbed those teams. They could talk about, oh, academics and all that stuff is a bunch of nonsense. Okay? This is all about money. Money. That's all this is about. But let's go to the phones. Rusty wanted to get into this yesterday, uh, but he returns and pulls up a stool and sits down with us here and bellies up to the bar. And, Rusty, answer me one question. You, you've been on the left coast, Rusty, before we get started here. You're around those people a bunch. Are they passionate enough there to pay for a double subscription of Apple and then what they're going to have to pay on top of that? To watch your team's games, are they are they passionate enough there, Rusty, to make that go? They may be in Eugene, Oregon. They may be in Seattle, Washington. They are not in anywhere in the state of California. Nobody in nobody in Berkeley. Nobody in Palo Alto. Nobody in L.A. cares. They don't. They have better. They have the Niners, the Giants, the Rams, LAFC. They have a thousand, the Dodgers. They have a thousand things they care more about than anything college football. I mean, it's so rare out here that anybody even has a clue what's going on in college football. I mean, there's people waving their SD flags when you drive through neighborhoods. You'll see occasional one on a house and stuff like that. But none of them, I mean, most of them don't even know what Georgia's mascot is. Or what Penn State's mascot is. That that's the the, the, the fans you out here what you have on a whole for college ball. They're not they're not gonna buy into having to definitely subscribe to something to see some team play unless you're in one of those towns where it's your team and you can't get a ticket. Now here guys with these sickos we have, and I know damn right well because I know tons of people that watch the Tennessee baseball games since that's become a thing here. Uh, Sean used to watch it on the live streaming, but the the ESPN Plus for that, which is what we're talking about, we're talking about making the extra investment right. and then that extra effort to seek something out. 
see, you got to have, to me, you've got to have some passion around something right. if you're going to try and make something like that go. Like Topmeyer said, if the SEC announced, hey, we're going to be, our big games are going to be available on a streaming platform, I mean, I hate to say this, but we're a bunch of sheep, and we would all sign up tomorrow. We would do And it. they would have a couple million yeah. of those subscriptions by let me, sundown let tomorrow. Me in, let me jump in real Can I jump yeah, in? Yeah, go real ahead. Quick? Let me tell you my journey. Okay. I grew up watching the, watching the Royals, and then when I got to college, it was TBS Braves. So I've, become, I've been basically a Braves fan because of my college roommate who was a big Braves fan for the past 30-plus years. Okay, so this year... I want to watch the Braves. Well, you know, I cut the cable a couple, few years ago, and I have YouTube TV. There's no, they don't cover the Braves. Okay, fine. Let no me valley. do this. No valley. So, no, so anyway, I go and I buy a yeah. subscription to Major League Baseball to get the Braves. Okay, well, spent my hundred some dot whatever it was. Well, it's still blacked out here. So they yep. say, okay, we'll go buy a VPN. Okay. So I go to NordVPN. I get it. Still blacked out in some ways. I go, okay. So I buy a subscription to Valley Sports Plus to watch the Braves. Still blacked out. I've got Major League Baseball. I've got uh, the TV paid for. I've got Valley Sports Plus. I've got everything you can imagine. And I've got a VPN that, that I can get. You know, a thing in Russia, I can get it in Brazil, whatever, wherever. I can't freaking watch the Braves. <laughs> and so so basically what I've been resigned to is I canceled all of them. I'm like, well, flip this. And I just watch the highlights the next morning on YouTube and try to, when I'm doing nothing but, you know, yard work, whatever, I'll listen to the serious radio broadcast. So they, you, you know, go. all this movement around has a has another side to it. You know, the sickos will go look for it. Well, this sicko can't find it, no matter what I spend. That's pretzel no, baseball's the, the black, major the black, problem. The, the, yep. the blackouts with Major League Baseball is an issue. All, all my buddies out here who are huge Dodger fans, they can't watch the Dodgers pretty much unless they go to the game. In it's LA, sellout, which it's rarely a, it's rarely yep. a sellout. There and if it's not sold out, the game gets blacked out. Yeah, so that is the I mean, most idiotic. Sense. You talk about yeah. something idiotic, yeah. but I'll tell you something. Baseball yeah. did people people make fun of them, Rusty. This thing where they went to the faster game. The Phillies played a game last night, two hours and seven minutes. It was a, it was okay. a low scoring okay. game, but the game is so much better now. It's just not yeah. even close. Okay. They've made their product so much yeah. and. Attendance is up like 35 to 40 percent across the board. It's been a rousing success. A rousing success. Yeah, because you, 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 you can go to the game and get home quickly. For, for, for me, the blackout thing's great because I'm a Braves fan, so I can watch the Braves all I want out here because it's not blacked yep. out. But if you're a Braves fan there or a Dodgers fan here or a Giants fan in Frisco, whatever, it, you're, you're, you know, it's not, it's not a great situation they have set up. You talk about I mean, bass really ackwards. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about the, the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You you brought up yesterday the uh, the other conferences, the Tulane and South Florida's and whoever's, Appalachian State's and, I don't know, the Max. all those teams going to a, their own thing. You're so right. 
they should they should do their own thing and develop their own league to, or their own governing body and do their own playoff. But I want to take it a step further. You mentioned the fact that XFL and USFL get ratings. I don't know if everybody remembers, but during COVID, FCS played during the spring. If you're if you're those if you're that group of five conferences, separate yourself and go have your football in the spring and have your playoffs be in late May, because you'll get CBS and all those all those That's networks really that pay for Tennessee and Georgia in the fall. You'll get all them to pay for yours because the people are going to watch USFL. They're darn for sure going to watch FC are going to watch Group of Five uh, college football. It's really a smart I'd thought I'd by you. Watch, I'd much rather watch Tulane play Appalachian State in February than watch, I don't know, the Birmingham Stampeders against the whoever, the, the LLA, LA Stampede. What it comes down to for me, guys, is a good football game is a good football game is a good football game. And there are quality teams with quality players uh in that group of six and action well worth watching yeah. and and more to the point more worth gambling on because if i can gamble on it yeah. i'm going to watch it uh, and and that's who's going to buy that uh pack 10 package but pack whatever they are how many of those people exist though you're right rusty if they shifted to a spring format it would be highly interesting if they tried that yeah because i there's already a huge fan base for Appalachian State. They're still they're going to be there in the spring, going to games and loving it, and having their own playoff system in Tulane and and New Mexico State and and San Diego, uh, San Jose State, uh, Utah State, Nevada, all those things. Oh, it would be a blast to have their season be separate. And like I said, CBS and ESPN would pay for those because they. I mean. There's more of a there's more of a tradition and a fan base for all those type of teams than there is for any of the USFL startup teams. You're going to get more eyes on that. And you have yeah, to it, for it. Yep, yep. And what I was talking about is the XFL USFL when they overlap, they were getting like two million a weekend when you when you coupled right. up. And and you can't tell me if those and that's just borderline pickup football. You can't tell me that yeah. they couldn't. Uh, with some decent college games. That's a really interesting point. I just think our appetite for football is insatiable. It's like European uh, soccer, Cinco, and their shores. They can't feed that to those people enough. Those people can't get enough of it. They've got four concurrent cups going on that they're playing for, four championships, and they watch it all, Sean. They watch it all. Well, they do, but Tony, you start, remember it. It's, Go, I'm sorry. In, 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 a, in, in Europe, though, those countries are about as big as states. So it, it so would be the right. same as if you had cups going on in Kansas or in Texas or in Oklahoma. You know, so it's all yeah. somewhat relevant. I think they're – but for me, I think this really comes as how many outsiders can you draw in because I've – I won't watch the Italian league. I don't watch the French. I'm not for being a snob. It just doesn't interest me. So how are you going to get yeah, outsiders I'm... to watch your, you know, your Pac-10 or your, um, as Rusty said, if, if, if people out there aren't going to pay for it, who's going to pay for it? 
Oh, they're not. Pay, paying for on a streaming service out here on the West Coast, people aren't going to do it. That's not going to happen. But but you'll still get more eyes on San Diego State versus yep. Nevada yep. in March than you do on the L.A. Stampeders or whoever against the the Orlando uh, Breakers. I don't know if they're still. I don't know if those teams are still around, but you know. That, that was my USFL, the Orlando Breakers. That was my team when I was four years old. You mean the uh, New Orleans, New Orleans Breakers? But you will have uh, uh, the Orlando team was the Renegades, the Renegades. But you will have a Dwight Goodown. Good talking, to you Rusty. You need to you need to brush up on your defunct sports teams and franchises. Speaking of defunct yesterday, Sean, it was rather unfortunate yesterday that um, Brian eviscerated Titans Bill rather quickly uh, when Titans Bill refused to have Nick Saban as a top five active coach in the SEC because he quote-unquote cheats, Sean, because he quote-unquote cheats, whatever that means. What? But it was so, so... I'm okay, I'm okay with yeah. that because I I've been drawn into this faux Titans Bill Keithob uh, what not Keithade uh, heat with Titans Bill, which I don't want to be. I've even got Polly Joe coming over here and telling me keep it up. I love it when you get uh, when you get Titans Bill riled up. So Titans yeah, Bill, I, I love. You. I just want to say Titans Bill that I stand against what occurred yesterday on the show. Um, by the way. At eight six five two hundred five four zero two, he's on hold. But let's go back to our phones, and we'll get our next call in. Who will be David? David, welcome in. Hi. Hey, Tony. Stephen Ackworth, buddy. How you doing? Hey, Dave. Welcome in, buddy. Hey, um, my here's my take on this. They they've ruined football. They ruined college football from the standpoint of the traditional perspective of conferences and and regionality of it. It's gone. It's, it's ruined. So just peel off college football and let let us keep everything else regionally in the conference, like basketball, baseball, everything else stays regional, and just turn college football into what they've been dying to do for the last 25, 30 years, which is professional sports, you know, semi-pro sports. Yep. They've won. We've lost. Yep. You know, we we all wanted to keep it NASCAR. Yep. And they want to turn it into new NASCAR, and they've won. Because well, money, and I, I think to money. your point, Dave, I, I think that's eventually what's going to happen. Because yeah. the truth is there's very little money in these other sports compared to football. So they get to do their football thing, and then cost-wise, it would make sense if the other sports eventually go back to having a regional deal and then different colleges will be members of different, maybe even different conferences for some of the different sports, uh, some some kind of model like that, I think you're going to yep. see that. I, I think that's where it's going. Well, well, you've already got that, Tony, and it's a different world. But our women's uh, rowing team is a member of the Big 12. And so... There's a case in point where you can peel off a sport and and do with it what you will, and maintain it, and maintain the rest of the rest of the sports under that under that school 
in the conference that makes the most sense regionally, where you're playing regionally, you like you said, you save money. You know, think about you know how how is the how is your women's gymnastics team? How's that going to be affordable for Ohio State's women's gymnastics team to fly out to USC for a match? You're exactly uh, right. Just, you're 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 whatever money you're making in football, you're going to be draining in the other sports, which is nothing unusual. But why not limit that? Make your make your other sports better, you know, and 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 more enjoyable, to, and to have that regional. You know that that rivalry, that regional rivalries that we all had. You know, you could shrink the conference back down to 10, 10 teams if you wanted to. I'm not saying you do that, but you could almost do that, and then and then peel football off to go do it semi NFL thing, and and we kind of at least get to keep part of what we what we love, which is the regionality of college athletics. At least we keep it with the other sports. We lose it with everything else. We lose it with football. But we keep it with other sports at least. That's just not. That's what I think we ought to do. And I think what, I think it'd be better to do it now than just watch this decline where, to to whatever the heck it's going to end up. Like you said, it may end up that way. I think eventually the the smaller sports reform and come back to some semblance of normalcy, where this is our baseball league, this is our basketball league. Because look. There are a bunch of basketball-only schools out there. Now, I saw a study the other day that they've ascertained that roughly 11% of the TV dollars, and you're talking about now billions for football, but roughly 11% of the TV dollars are tied to basketball. You have that tournament, and then you have these other, uh, these other deals, but it's about 11% is what they've figured out. So most of the money is, is football-related, uh, in terms of network dollars uh, allocated uh, toward these endeavors. What I find really interesting is that, and I keep talking about this Pac-12 guy, they've toyed with the idea of not only putting together their, their football league, but bringing in some basketball-only members. They've had extensive talks with Gonzaga, apparently, and a few other basketball-only schools, and see, I think that's the next step. So I think these, yeah. and, and and it's almost like basketball compared to football is a minor sport. I mean, I Rick Barnes sure isn't paid like that. Coach Cal sure isn't paid like that. But compared to football, it's a minor sport. And I think they're going to form their own leagues. I just, I think that's next. I really do. Especially when you start, as you say, think about, the rowing team uh, from Rutgers having to get on an airplane and go out to L.A. That makes zero sense, okay? Zero sense. Or their soccer team. Zero sense. And rowing rowing's not a good example because I think they, I think we're part of the big 12. Yeah, I understand. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're on, but, but you're right. And I, you know, but, but what, what I what I hope they don't do, and, and you, what you say may happen, and it may even further fragment it. I don't want every sport forming it. You know, I, I would like to see us have a southeastern conference. Now, rowing is an, is an offshoot, but you have you go back to the southeastern conference, maybe ten, maybe twelve teams, and think about how many more of the conferences. You know, you're playing. You know, in baseball, let's say for instance, you're getting to play almost everybody. You know, right now you're you're not you're not even playing everybody in the, in a, in a season regular season, 
So if you shrink it back down to 10 or 12 teams, you're getting to play almost everybody every year. And basketball, you're, maybe you go back to, to, to where you can play almost everybody home and home. And instead of this, you know, this convoluted schedule where some seasons you're going to play these teams twice and everybody else's once and go back to where you're playing most everybody a couple of times. And, you know, it's just, it just makes sense to me that football is just such an outlier. Like you said, against football, everything is minor. I mean, the number of scholarships is so much greater. The number of support staff and coaching, everything is just bigger in football. And it doesn't even compare to the rest of sports in the, in the, in college sport athletics. So just go ahead and just tear it all, peel it off, make it its own thing. And let's get back to some sense of normalcy, like you said, with, with college athletics and make it fun again. Tony, the man's, the man's speaking what they call the truth there. David Ackworth, I appreciate the call. Uh, and it was great highlight and getting to meet him last fall. I want to remind you, my friends at Calhoun's, we will be there. For the uh, fall concert series, that's what I'm calling it, I don't know. But our fall Fridays, and we're planning some big things there, uh, some uh, improvements to what we were doing last year. We're planning some rather big things, and we look forward to our fall Friday series for the home games out of Calhoun's on the River. And who knows, maybe some select other games as well. But uh, people came from far and wide last year. And we are greatly looking forward to that. Of course, we also have our tailgate uh, for the kids this year, which is coming up in uh, early November, the UConn game. And we would love if you would share your tickets with us. We will uh, obviously start beating the drum for that more. But uh, my man behind the wheel, Neil, uh, and uh, who's the other feller? I'm sorry. I'm having a brain cramp right now. I'm traveling. Um, But those guys have... uh, secured another uh, super-duper package. They bought the big one, he told me, uh, in Circle Park. Uh, this year for that event, our friends from Amachi, Knoxville, it's just going to be a wonderful football season, and, and the balls are going to play really well. But in the middle of that, we have this drama unfolding, and Cinco agrees with Blake Topmeyer that the SEC ought not get left behind. The SEC ought to jump in there and grab grab who they want to grab. The question then becomes, who going to grab? Well, we'll come back on the other side. We'll get some more calls in. I see that Yamsey, Titans Yamsey's there, but listen anyway. We'll come back on the other side as we continue. It's your Basilio Show on a Wednesday afternoon. Spread the word and get the app at TonyBasilio.com for Android and iPhones. This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Hi, I'm Robert Rogers at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. And I'm Michael Parks Lawrence at Parks Motor Sales Buick GMC. Together, we're Mr. Bobby Parks' grandsons, and we run his dealership, and we are glad to be part of our local community. Being family-owned and operated, we invest heavily in our community. We do things like sports teams, schools, bands, you name it. We try to help everybody we can. The reason why we do this is because we all love this community. So come do business with us, your neighbors, at Parks Motor Sales in Columbia, Tennessee, right off Nashville Highway, or at ParksMotorSales.com. 
Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard, so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090 for all your home comfort needs. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. Hi, this is Steve, the Garbage Man. Y'all have heard me talk in the past about Packer, our mascot dog. Well, I have some sad news about Packer. She recently crossed over the Rainbow Bridge to join our other beloved pets of the past. Packer lived out her final days on our farm in Water Valley. She had a great 14 years of life after being rescued by Don from being thrown away as a pup in someone's garbage. Rest in peace, Packer. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. Tint on Wheels is changing their Columbia location. You can now visit us at 406 South James Campbell Boulevard, the same window tinting you've trusted for over 30 years on all types of windows, car, business, or residential. We now offer accessories to elevate your ride. It's only getting bigger and better. With three locations, Columbia, Lewisburg, and Lawrenceburg, we do our best for you. Summer's coming. Let's get you ready. Call 931-619-TINT today. The Kiwanis Club and Columbia Main Street are partnering to create the best event of the season, the annual Kiwanis Chili Cook-Off and the new Main Street event, Fall Fest on the Square. This will be held September 30th, 3 to 7 p.m., downtown Columbia. There will be music, food trucks, vendors, and entertainment by the renowned Journey Band, Majestic. For more information, visit the Kiwanis of Columbia Facebook page and click the Events tab or go to www.visitcolumbia.com. 
This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee. Ladies and germs, TB back with you, our final segment of the day. He's S-E-A-N, Sinclair, D-D-S, beautiful Maryville, City O champions. I'm going back to our phones in America's college sports city. Beautiful Knoxville. Next up on the mic, it's TB interfacing with TB. TB, welcome in. You're on the TB show. Thank you, buddy. I'm not going to take back what I said because I believe that he that he is a cheater. The NCAA let is let him get let is let him get away with it. And of course, this all occurred when a certain president of the NCAA let him get away with it. And of course, he's no longer there. And I still believe he needs to be thrown in the slammer. So that's all I'm going to say on that issue. But you wouldn't put Nick Saban in your top five coaches in the league, though, Bill. That was my point. I mean, yeah, sure, he might have bent a few rules here or there. Right, Sean Sinclair? He probably bent a rule or two. But you got to put the man in your top five, don't you, Cinco? Well, the fact is Bill can do whatever he wants, but um, I think it's a hard argument to leave him out. Yeah. Well, the bottom line of it is he's getting too much hype, both him and Bill Belichick. Of course, he used to be an assistant under Belichick. Yep. Two guys with upside-down smiles. Yeah. So, okay, on another note, if the Big So, so in other words, I just want to say this real quick. Brian, he he didn't deserve to get blasted yesterday, thinking about, his call right now well that's what i tried to tell you he's really having it but you did it anyway he's really having well he's brian i'm not there how did i do it he's really having a wonderful phone call but go ahead bill i'm sorry okay i'll tell you what if the big 10 is gonna put clemson and uh And, for, and Florida State in there, here's what I would like to see. This is Titans Bill's wish yep. list. Yep. Take Michigan and Ohio State and Nebraska out of the out of the Big Ten, put him in the SEC. <sighs> He's about to get it again. Oh boy. Mm. I know you don't agree with me, but nonetheless that's my perspective. Well, if you could redraw all up all these leagues, yes. Of course, geographics. What geographics? It's like what you said. Money, 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 money. Money. Money, 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 money. Who made Belly? I have no idea. Some people got to have it. Uh-huh. OJs. Some people really need it. Yeah. That's, uh, that's Gamble and Huff right there. Bell. I think that's a Tom Bell tune. Uh, yeah. Titans, Bill, you're my man. Certainly a Philly Samson. Bill, you're the man. Much love to you. Incredible phone call from TB today. 
on the TV you know, show. I, try, I tried to get a hold of you yesterday. Oh. I was watching the, you know, the trade deadline on the MLB Network. What do you think of what the Phillies yeah. did with that trade with the Tigers? Like it or I, uh, I was checking. I was checking. I liked what the Phillies did. It was okay. I like how the Phillies ended up with the guy, Brian, who got sent to the minors after he slid and his cell phone fell out of his pocket with the the Pirates. The Phillies got that Bodo, that truck and Bodo. Uh, I don't know what to say to you, Bill. Drew Gilbert is now a Met. I find that utterly depressing because I want to love Drew Gilbert. The thought of him, you know what, Sean, what's ironic, Sean, about him being there is he's always reminded me a little bit of a likable Len Dykstra. He's always yeah, had like a Len Dykstra a, vibe with, about him. Without the, without the, uh, the as of late uh, financial nonsense and the, uh, yeah, the nuttiness, yes. He's in right now, I mean, he's, he's lost yes. the plot, so to speak, but, uh, yeah, that's, Yes. Hey, you know what? If if you're getting traded around like that, you obviously have some value to somebody. And and when you're in the minor leagues, I think all you want to do is be in the minor leagues, and because you'll you you keep swimming upstream, so to speak, you're gonna find you're gonna get your opportunity if you keep performing. So. You know, my you know neither one of those New York teams is going to be in the playoffs. The Mets is out of it, and I don't believe the Yankees is going to make it either. Sorry, Bino, that's how I, that's how these eyes look at it. Tell me um, you're there. Well, you're my yeah, you're my main man, Billy. My my thing on the on the trade deadline is the Braves helped their bullpen yesterday. Smart move. Uh, my Sillies helped themselves, but they got a team that drives me nuts. Um, and the Mets are are in a real precarious deal now. Really weird situation because they went from ultra buyers to now kicking the can to twenty twenty six. That's what they're doing. They're going to bypass the next couple of years. Drew Gilbert's probably second year there is when they're going to look to make noise. One of the real interesting aspects of Drew Gilbert is he's got that fiery personality, and they're either going to love him in New York or they're going to turn him into a target uh, because they're going to give him crap. That's how they are. That's how those fans are up there. And if he can take it, he'll become a fan favorite. And if he doesn't, he's going to feud with those fans. Well, Which would be I'll a very interesting what, the, thing. The fans are sharks over yeah. there, and it, and not only just the fans, but the media. They're just as much sharks as the fans are, Tony. Oh, the fans are brutal, man. And those in those northeastern towns, uh, I mean, the fans are really hard on these players, really hard on players, and you have to have super duper thick skin. Or, uh, Lee, uh, uh, Bill, you don't you don't uh, live to talk about it. They swallow you. And Gilbert has Especially a type of personality. You to these me- yeah. Go ahead, Tony. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I interrupted. Well, no, he's I'm just. Sorry. No, he just has. 
he just has the type of personality where he's either going to take it and thrive or they're going to turn him into just, uh, you know, they're going to victimize him because it's rough, rough going in those big towns. Especially the especially these calling shows that like uh, Boomer and Boomer and Geo, and also Craig Cardon, who had, now has a show of his own on uh, you know FS1. He used to be on WFAN. Hey, Bill, when you bring what? up Craig Carton, who you call Craig Carton, that means it's time for me and you to depart. You're out of here. I'm going to bring up Craig Carton on this show. That guy's a talentless hack. Back to the phones we go. Lee is up next with us. Lee, welcome in on a Cinco Wednesday. we got two hours to play today, and play we will. How you doing, man? What's up, my man? Uh, no, I, mean, I, I think your Phillies did fun. I think that was a good move with your Phillies getting Lorenzo. You guys needed another starter, so... Mm-hmm. You guys were running like a Christopher Sanchez out there every five days or something, so it's probably a good move for you guys. I like old Christopher Sanchez. The man gets people out, throwing the ball in the 80s. That's old school right there. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, all this conference realignment stuff, I think it's pretty wild. Like The, the Big 12 is like pounding their chest. Like They actually, they're, they're like, what? they think they're winning or something. I mean, that's... I suppose they're winning just because they're surviving. But, I mean, the, the Big 12 is like, it's not, they've lost, like, it, their entire soul, right? Like, going back mm-hmm. to when Arkansas left, I mean, they lost Arkansas, Missouri, Nebraska left, Texas and Oklahoma are leaving, A&M's gone, Colorado left, and I guess they're getting them back. But, um, I mean, they're, they're just, like you said, they're just kind of surviving right now. Um, I imagine they're going to pick up Arizona and Arizona State and, that's why I heard mm-hmm. Utah was going to come with Colorado as well. So as far as Clemson and Florida State go, everything that I've always heard over the last year has been Florida State and Clemson are coming to the SEC. And Miami is going to the Big Ten. Um, that's going to be the Big Ten's footprint in Florida. And Miami matches up with, like, academic-wise with, with everything the Big Ten is all about and all that kind of stuff. So that makes sense. Um, like, I... I don't know. I think I think the ACC, like the Grim Reaper, is at their door. Like it's coming for them. It's amazing because they have amazing. screwed up. What every? I mean, they didn't try to expand. They didn't try to add schools, amazing. and then they signed that terrible, terrible contract out to like twenty, thirty, whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think the ACC is they're they're in a lot of trouble. I mean, if I'm Virginia Tech, Virginia, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, Boston College, I don't know what they're going to do. Um, they're going to be left left with nothing because um, I think the ACC is. It's just a matter of time for those dominoes to start falling, and, and that conference is gone. Well, to your point, some of the programs you just mentioned, and Sean, it's hard for me to comprehend this. Some of the programs Lee just mentioned are going to end up in Group of Five football, whatever that new designation is, because they're going to get left behind. Sean, some of those ACC schools will. Well, you take a look at, and I know it's not the same, but, you know, Memphis has tried for 30, 40 mm-hmm. years to mm-hmm. get into a, what you call a bigger conference. Mm-hmm. And it seems that once you've been left behind, I mean, you know, BYU has tried. Uh, you know, a lot of schools are just, they get desperate, and they're just trying to, you know, get a part of something. 
but some schools just, you know, I, I still don't know about West Virginia uh, in the uh, in the Big Twelve. I, I'm mm-hmm. I know they're there, but you know who knows uh, if you can. I wonder what you all think about this. If you are a Virginia Tech, if you are an Oklahoma State, are you something? Do you just try to buy your way in to get a spot? You know, it's funny. Honestly, I was talking with Plaster about was, that. The yeah. with Oklahoma yeah. and Texas. Well, honestly, right. They've, right. Been, they've been left on the back porch. Well, you know, Plaster worked down at Memphis and, and for a while as broadcaster. And he, he said that um, this Fred Smith guy throws his money around like there's no tomorrow. What's stopping a multi-billionaire guy like him, Sean, from calling the Big 12 and saying, hey, I'll give you... $800 million if you'll take Memphis. Those pigs would do that tomorrow if he would do that. Well, I think his time kind of come and gone. You know, he, he tried to do mm. that back several years ago when his his son or stepson, whatever, went down to Miami mm-hmm. uh, to, mm-hmm. to be, a, you know, a, a 20th string quarterback, and he gave mm-hmm. money down there. And then, you know, it just recently he ponied up for a lot of those kids to go play for penny that totally mm-hmm. backfired uh so i just don't and, and if you look at memphis right now you know they're still in the liberty bowl um i just i i think they're a team that's always been a bridesmaid going back to the you know trying to get into the nfl days uh, but mm-hmm. but you know like virginia tech or so somebody's got and i'm surprised oklahoma state you know they had i, I guess t boone pickens is dead now but there's still a lot of money floating around in that place. You'd think they would be jumping somewhere. Yep, the oil money. Lee, anything else for us? Because Lee will be the one subscriber in the mid-state that buys that uh, Pac-12 After Dark package on Apple Plus Plus. Well, trust me, I won't be the only one. Like it's that, that subscription, it's oh, not going to blow up. Like it's you know, but I, I'm telling you, man, it's. Don't, don't discount the people that are going to buy it because they're gambling on it. I mean, people can laugh That's at right. it all they want, but the NFL, the no. NFL tried to tried to deny this for three decades. They didn't understand the numbers they're getting because half their numbers they were getting were, were from people playing fantasy football and from gambling. And gambling is still very much in its infancy in the United States, and it is a booming, booming business right now. And I'm telling you, people think, "Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to buy it." Wait till they wait till the biggest the biggest bet they've got that week is a Pac-12 game that's on Apple TV. I can promise you they're going to buy it. And, and hey, Lee, I got a, Lee, I got a question for you. Not, but it's going to happen. Hey, Lee, I got a question for you. With the and I know gamblers aren't really fans of teams; they're fans of money and, and point spreads. But going into year three, do you get any? Do you get any? This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia. Celebrate you with a new vehicle from Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. We have a huge selection of new vehicles waiting for you. We're talking cars, trucks, and SUVs. And if you're in the business of selling your vehicle, we've got you covered. We'll buy from you even if you don't buy from us. At Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia, we're locally owned and operated and proud to serve our community as the largest CDJR dealership in Tennessee. Find your new ride today when you visit Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Columbia. 
Hello, this is Rick Tillis from Tillis Jewelry. What is a full-service jeweler? Experienced staff, custom designers, in-house jewelry repairs, and beautiful jewelry. Yes, at Tillis Jewelry, we are passionate, knowledgeable, and committed to integrity. We strive to be the best in our community and in our profession. We build long-term relationships and become part of family traditions that will cross generations. We delight clients by providing an unparalleled selection, superior service, and exceptional value. Tillis Jewelry, we exceed your expectations. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day -day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Brown's Body Shop has two locations to provide your vehicles with high-quality body and frame repairs, the best paint jobs, and custom body fabrications. Brown's Body Shop has been successful for more than 50 years because of their highly trained personnel, competitive prices, superior customer care, and timely service. Don't put off body repairs or that custom paint job at Fenders. Go to Brown's Body Shop today, 1505 Nashville Highway in Columbia, or 129 Alpha Drive in Franklin. Looking for convenience? Try Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Murray County, Southern Middle Tennessee, and North Alabama. Whether stopping in on your way to work for coffee and a biscuit, taking a plate lunch to go, or grabbing something cold to drink after a long hot day at work, there's always one nearby. Quickmark Convenience Stores, conveniently located all across Southern Middle Tennessee and North Alabama. Proudly serving Shell Gasoline. Hey, this is Derek Ransom with Ten Pin Alley, voted number one family entertainment center in Murray County. We offer 32 bowling lanes, giant arcade, laser tag, bumper cars, and a full cafe and bar menu. We also specialize in group events, kids and adult birthday parties, company parties, sports team parties, and holiday parties. We're located at 322 East James Campbell Boulevard in Columbia. Call us today at 931-381-BOWL or visit us at tenpin.com. Ten Pin Alley, it's where the good times roll. This is Mark Curry at the Trailer Store. We are a local, family-owned business. Every day, I work with my wife, Susie, my mother, Becky, and my son, Justin. We offer a full line of lawnmower trailers, utility trailers, stock trailers, and a full line of trailer parts. We also offer service. Come see us at 1021 New Lewisburg Highway. Call us at 931-381-2795. That's 931-381-2795. Hey, this is Trip Stoltz, owner and manager of Columbia Ace Hardware. Spring is here and we are ready. We carry a full line of steel, echo, and chandala yard equipment. We also have a great selection of grass seed, fertilizer, and garden supplies. With the most knowledgeable sales staff in Southern Middle Tennessee, come check us out at 112 East James Campbell Boulevard, Columbia, Tennessee. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. 
Life gets busy and sometimes slowing down to buy your family quality food can seem impossible. This is Terry Taylor with Taylor Family Farm and we offer local home delivery in addition to our local drop locations to help with that problem. Now you can get your favorite pastured poultry, pork and grass-fed beef delivered right to your door. Visit taylorfamilyfarmtn.com to find out how. We believe in healthy food, healthy people and healthy community at Taylor Family Farm. Gypsy Kings featuring Torino Baliardo return to Nashville with a concert that will take you on a trip down memory lane. The Gypsy Kings will be performing their greatest hits November 4th at TPAC Andrew Jackson Hall. For you to dance and enjoy an unforgettable night. Tickets on sale through ToninoBaliardo.com. A loud and live production. Jim Ross, and you are listening to Front Porch Radio, WKOM 101.7, located in Columbia, Tennessee.